Welcome to the Fire and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow. I believe in taking massive, inspired action from an awakened soul. This show is a weekly dose of spiritual principles, personal development, and success strategies for creating an epically aligned life. Here's to your wildest dreams coming true with less hustle, grit and grind, more flow, ease, and grace. I'm the founder of the Live Video Mastery Academy, a TV host, speaker, best-selling author, and proud fur mama, and I'll be sharing real talks with successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, best-selling authors, spiritual luminaries, and high-performance experts in this unfiltered, transformational, and soul-centered podcast. Things are about to get real. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to the Fire and Soul podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Honestly, so grateful, deeply thankful. It's never lost on me that you take the time to listen to this show, whether it's me solo or some of the guests that I bring on. I am so, so, so blessed. And I love my podcast community. I love the power of podcasting. I love everything about podcasting, not just because I teach the Podcast Accelerator alongside my partner in Shine and longtime pod producer, uh, Ginny of Ginny Media. And right now we actually currently have a the class finishing up. They will publish their podcast. Well, we will publish our podcast next week. So this past week they were recording their very first episode. And I just had so much compassion, right? For overcoming the perfectionism, overcoming the imposter syndrome, overcoming the self-limiting beliefs that we're not good enough exactly as we are right now, or that we have to hold ourselves to some sort of standard that's usually someone else's middle versus their beginning. And yet we somehow expect ourselves to be at that level right when we begin. And it's oftentimes the very reasons why we never start something that's just outside of our comfort zone because we are so concerned of, oh God, what if I suck? What if I fail? What if nobody listens? What if, what if, what if? And so if we can just stay so focused on the what versus the what if. The what is these students that are going through this uh, podcast accelerator program, it's like they want to make an impact. They feel called to step into their purpose and they don't really know what it all looks like yet. They just believe that this is the beginning. And, uh, and that's what I love because that's where it started for me. You know, just a little north of two years ago, I didn't know where any of this would go. I didn't know that it would turn into such a beautiful community and that I would now know so many of my listeners and that you would like come take my courses when I talk to you about, you know, open enrollments and certain programs that make sense for you at that time in life. So hello, Alex. Want to give you a shout out right now because that's how you came to uh, find the podcast accelerator. She's in New Zealand. And, uh, and that's just so incredible. And she's about to have her own podcast, guys, just next week. So that's really awesome. And I'm really grateful. Hey, by the way, if there's anything that, anytime you get any value or a nugget out of this uh, show, definitely add it to an Instagram or a Facebook story. Tag me and uh, whatever that nugget was. And I would be thrilled to hear what that is for you. And then, of course, I'd reshare it with my community. And, and we would just be this upward spiral of really getting to know one another online as well as, of course, me being in your ear on a weekly basis. But speaking of talking about open enrollments, and and I share this because so many of my listeners have now come into my program. So I know this is right for someone and I'm excited and grateful for that in advance. So a couple of months ago, one of my lifelong mentors, Jack Canfield, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jack Canfield, many of you may know he was on the show about a year ago, and then I was invited to join him at Rhythmia to sip ayahuasca last November. I did that throughout the course of actually last summer. I went to a couple of his events, Breakthrough to Success, One Day to Greatness, various places like around uh, the country, and he invited me to like step up and speak on a stage and share about some of my results that I've been able to accomplish as a result of me reading his uh, New York Times bestselling book, The Success Principles. Well, as fate would have it, because I visioned this baby over a year ago, I remember saying out loud to anyone that could hear me, I want to really grow my signature course, Live Video Mastery, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a moment, but in a way that has meaning and has true impact and that it's not a house of cards, just like Facebook ads and things like that. Where can I collaborate with other people where this is a need for their community? 
And, and usually I work with a lot of coaches and trainers or experts, right? Um, and so they're certified and they want to make an impact. You know that you have, you know, learned this amazing, these amazing tools that are transformational. If you could just reach the right clients and stop giving it away for free. <laughs> and so because I work with a lot of coaches and trainers, I started like thinking about, well, who else certifies? coaches and they've got those programs, whether they be academies, schools, universities, et cetera, where could I begin to look at that? And Jack was just the first person for me. I was like, well, he's got his premier coaching program, Train the Trainer. In fact, I'm currently in it as a student of 2020, but this was last year when I never even considered joining Train the Trainer. And I thought, oh gosh, that would be my dream of all dreams. If I could just collaborate with Jack Canfield, oh my goodness, I know I could bring my niche expertise and proven formula of live video mastery and the seven-step pitch framework that I've developed over the last nine years working in TV retail and selling $220 million of the product. By the way, I also use that same framework to build my own half a million dollar online business in 18 months. And now... All of my graduates, hundreds of graduates of my course, Live Video Mastery, are using that same framework. And then, of course, their camera confidence they learn in the program to launch and scale their own webinars, masterclasses, masterminds, memberships, you name it. So it's pretty amazing that it works. But I remember visioning that, saying it out loud, writing it down, getting excited and grateful as if it were already done in advance, and then let it go. Let it go. Didn't even really talk about it. Join Train the Trainer without even really a thought about it. I was just like, well, I know I want to get certified. <laughs> I've already built a pretty nice startup business without being certified, but I, I really want to have that credential. And because I respect and trust Jack so much, and I just thought I'm going to go through him. So I am in his premier Train the Trainer program. Well, anyway, lo and behold, they reached out to me just a couple of months ago and said, hey, you know, we love what we see you doing with Live Video Mastery. And we can see a lot of our Train the Trainer graduates could really benefit from this niche expertise. They need to be able to cut through the online marketing noise. They need to be able to reach their ideal client avatar. They need to be able to step up and be brave and share on live video, which is the most disruptive and effective marketing tool in 2020. And don't even get me started about where it's headed. It's going to be an industry giant. Stats have already shown that. My gosh, let me just give you one little staggering stat. Check this out just to give you a, a sense of the virtual times and that this research shows that there is just no turning back. All businesses have gone online, virtually all businesses. And Zoom had, in March of 2020, 10 million daily active users. In just a few short weeks, April 2020, Zoom had over 300 million participants. Now that number is increased even more. I mean, if that's not mind-blowing, I don't know what is. So if you are a coach, a trainer, or some sort of an entrepreneur or expert, and you want to learn how to A, yes, of course, just master your camera confidence in a way that's so easy, it's ridiculous, I promise. If you've got those thoughts of like, oh, freaks me out, gives me the heebie-jeebies, hell no. Once you're through this program, you can't believe how easy it is. And that just makes it fun. Number two is that's just like the bonus learning live video. What the true value of the course is, is my seven step pitch framework, which is that proven sales blueprint that will enable you to convert your viewers into clients like a freaking pro. I've had 100% satisfaction of this course. It's pretty amazing. The fact that Jack Canfield got involved at their own instinct. Like they just reached out to me. I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? So anyway, just last Thursday, I ran my first webinar with Jack um, just for his Train the Trainer graduates. It was so amazing. We called it a masterclass, Unlocking Live Video Sales. That's exactly what it is. I taught the four C's that are the keys, the gateway, the access to <laughs> owning yourself on live video, but truly building a thriving online coaching or training business right now in these times. It's super niche especially during this this pandemic. Well, it was so damn successful that I'm offering a second one. And that's why I'm letting you know about it. Because so many times you guys listen to what I share here and then you just enroll. And this is a great way for us to get to know each other. And it's a great way for you to start and scale that purpose on your heart and turn your dream into a profitable reality, right? Stop giving it away for free unless it's a masterclass and you're doing the masterclass to also share about the opportunity to join you in a pay grown, 
program at the very, very end, which is what this masterclass is. So I wanted to invite you to it. It's this coming Wednesday. Yep, it's just around the corner. It'll be this Wednesday, July 8th at 12 noon Pacific. So you can look that up in in terms of the convertible timetable for you. But the information and the registration link will be in the show notes to this episode. And that's at fireandsoulpodcast.com. And all you have to do then is that will take you to the podcast link. Just look at the this episode, which is all feedback is love. And then you'll see that right there. It'll say uh, masterclass registration for unlocking live video sales. And I would love to see you there. Okay. Ah, now that we're off of that one, which thank you for allowing me to really share that because I am so lit up about being able to offer that to you and to the world because Lord knows I am on a wholehearted mission to empower millions to be seen and heard exactly as you are. It's how I started my business and now how I've helped thousands of others as well. So of course, I believe you're made for this and that you can absolutely do this and crush it. But today's conversation is really, really special. This is the first guest that I brought on a second time, but we brought her partner. So Marla Mattinson and Julian Kulker, they are known as the intimacy experts. I am in love with them. You will fall in love with them as well. They are such conscious entrepreneurs. And they, by by the way, also run like quarter million dollar coaching packages where they have like a year, two year long wait list to work with them. And they're referral only. If you Google them, you're not going to find a ton, although they've been written up in Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes Magazine. They've been on a ton of, you know, television shows and different magazines, et cetera. But it's not like they have like, you know, a million followers on social or anything like that. They're very sort of more behind the scenes, but built a very robust business. And I fell in love with Marla when she was on my show about a year and a half ago and we became friends. And then it just seemed time to bring them back as a couple, especially now that I'm fully aware that as an entrepreneur and that yes, now I can own it because I'm a legit entrepreneur although I don't do the hustle, grit, and grind, neither do they. But a lot of entrepreneurs do that and teach that. And it's just like, oh, it leads to burnout and fatigue so fast. So I am an entrepreneur, but more like queendom, right? Like I'm just in flow more now than ever. And my business is growing and my my business has actually doubled since the pandemic. I don't say that to brag, but it's it's energy. I'm just so grateful in advance for all the lives that I get to touch. And that that means right here and right now during this podcast episode that you're listening to. But let's get back to Marla and Julian, the intimacy experts that are internationally celebrated visionaries. Drawing from a unique background in neuroscience, mathematics, and emotional intelligence, Marla and Julian guide visionaries to face their shadows, to live in harmony behind the scenes in both relationship and business to amplify their impact, income, and intimacy. They have been featured in, there there it goes, uh, the New York Times, Forbes, Oprah, NBC, ABC, CBC, to name a few. Together, this powerhouse couple is co-creating a world where full expression, heartfelt appreciation, and wild play are the backbone of success in business and life. I know you're going to fall in love with them, and I highly recommend you just like follow them too. I will put their um, Instagram handle up for you. Such an incredible couple. If you get a chance to watch any of this on video, because I think we have the whole episode recorded on video on uh, our website, fireandsoulpodcast.com, you will see that they've got their arms around each other, you know, and they're just expressing full intimacy throughout this entire conversation. And it was such an honor and privilege to get to have this particular topic as our conversation, which by the way, came as a result of just reflecting back and it's like, oh, that's right. We did talk about that. So all feedback is love. And we dive deeply into what feedback we're talking about when you're in a tense moment and truly triggered by your significant other or maybe child or business partner, right? Whoa. All feedback is love if we go back to the intention of a pristine, pure soul. And then it was like, well, wait a second. What about what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter and the social and racial injustices? All feedback is love when you take it from the perspective of what I believe that you and I completely believe is truth, which is that life is always happening for us, never to us. And if we believe that, then it can't just be a convenient thought. It needs to make sense now. So then looking for the silver lining in that, looking for the healing and the blessings in that, and then even coming full circle to, you know, I don't get a ton of this. I think I've actually only happened like a few times in my career, but 
in my, in my entrepreneurial career. But it's like when you get a really negative, mean comment, either as a review for your podcast or on your post on Instagram or something, it's like, what do you do with that? And can you receive everything for the love in which it was intended to be received? Now that might not have been the, the sender's gift, but we get to choose intentionally how we receive everything. And we give a couple of really great examples and they give some awesome nuggets that you can immediately apply to your life. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation because for me, it was just one of the juiciest, most fulfilling that I've had in a long time. And I say that a lot, but this was just another one of those top rated conversations that left me feeling full for days after. So without further ado, please enjoy Marla and Julian in All Feedback is Love. I'm so excited you guys are here. Welcome Marla and Julian to the Fire and Soul podcast. Yay! We're so excited to be here. Thank you for having us, Michelle. Oh, it's such an honor. You know, Marla and I have been talking about this for quite a while to get the both of you on here because you are known around the world as the intimacy experts. And I just love your story. I love your mission. I love that we get to have this conversation in such a poignant time. And just to circle back for any of my new listeners or for those who've been around for a while, Marla, as you may recall, guys, she was on my show what about a year and a half ago, and I didn't know Marla at the time, and I got introduced to Marla from my podcast producer, Ginny, whom everyone now knows who listens to the show. She's my producer, and she's like, you're going to love Marla, and she's going to love you. It's going to be like friendship right at the start, and it was. was. Now we've met three times and hung out, and it just felt like the soul sisterhood. So to get to be here and share this time, especially in this time, with the love of your life business partner, Julian, feels like the greatest honor. So thank you both for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. (laughs) (laughs) We might be aligned. I'm just saying. (laughs) By the way, I love this. So I don't really do much with the video, but their arms are around each other and they're just like hanging out like a loving, cool couple. But we're really excited to have this conversation today. You know, we were chatting for a few minutes before I hit record. And it's like, okay, what can three white people talk about in these times, right? You know, you guys are badass coaches and visionaries of your own mission. And you help a lot of visionaries, a lot of huge top entrepreneurs that are well-known global game changers, people that we would recognize, multiple six-figure retaining coaching rates from you, Marla and Julia. It's just so impressive and inspiring. And you've definitely helped me step up my game a lot in our private discussions around my own business. And it was like, okay, so how does that all tie in, right? How can we be really relevant and make this conversation be meaningful and have a deep lasting impact for my listeners? And then you said something, you used a phrase. And do you mind sharing that? Because we're just going to start there because it's so perfect from what you learned from your own mentor. Yeah, let's dive in. Here's the phrase. All feedback is love. All of it. All feedback is love. And that was first taught to Marla by Dr. Carl Wolf. Yeah. One of my mentor. Yeah. And he has passed on into the other realms and we honor him by practicing this, which is when we think about feedback, that means we're receiving something from the universe, from our higher self, from another person, from multiple people, from the collective, all feedback, any and all feedback is love. And lots of people can have different opinions about this. And I'm very curious to hear where this is going to land for people. Because I remember when I first heard it, I thought, that's crap. There's no way all feedback is love. What about this particular feedback? That feedback sucks. Even that too. (laughs) Even that too. And so the idea that all feedback really could be love is a little bit mind-blowing. All feedback is love means that you're available to receive from the outside world in particular, and you let it land inside of you to see where your own activation is, to see where your own material is hiding inside of you, or maybe not hiding so much. It's just right there. So anything that is clearly love, it's easy for you to receive. You label it as love, easy for you to receive. It doesn't, it doesn't activate anything in you necessarily except for joy. What about the feedback that activates anger or rage or disappointment or frustration or panic? 
What about that feedback? That feedback is just as valuable as the feedback that feels good. In fact, more valuable because you have an opportunity to look inside and grow from that feedback. Beautiful. So that's the love because the way that I interpret the way that this phrase is being used is the love is the gift, the opportunity to expand, to shift your lens, to shift your perspective, to to maybe open up to more compassion, more empathy, more understanding, which the world definitely needs more of now. So when you said that in the beginning, I literally said to you, the first thing I thought that so many of my listeners would say, which is like, what about internet trolls, right? And then Julian, you brought up a really good reference. Do you mind sharing that? I brought up a reference about trolls. Yeah. About a great example of, of, of how it can. Yeah. The best way to handle trolls. Well, one of the best examples was um, the way that Sarah Silverman handled that. uh, Are we allowed to swear on this? Yes. Yes. The way that the the gentleman (laughs) called her a cunt and said nothing else. And she basically like replied to his hatred with like the sweetest, most like loving inquiring of like, Hey, did something happen to you that I can, you know, help you out with like pure curiosity of like, there's this other soul here that's in a lot of pain and I'm witnessing that pain and I'm receiving the feedback that they're calling out with by, by trying to throw hate at me as a plea for, for help. And so I'm going to answer that call. And I'm going to see beyond what is trying to be thrown at me. And I'm going to see underneath for what the truth is of the situation. It was so beautiful. And I'm actually going to look for the reference to put that up in case someone missed that. That was a few years back. And and then it was shared all over the internet. And that was a Twitter comment. And then it just opened up the dialogue with this person to the point where they found peace and mutual understanding with one another. And then anyone who was willing enough to take that on as an example of that feedback being love, a gift, an opportunity to connect rather than divide, it was healing. It was deeply healing for myself in my hope for humanity, right? To experience more unity. And it was deeply inspiring. And I wouldn't have expected it from a comic like Sarah Silverman. I was like, look at this woman's heart. You know what I mean? I was so moving. I was so moved. I was so impressed by her response because she was willing to receive the rage of this person and transmute it inside of her. And that's the thing is like, anybody could have read that comment and then dismissed that person. She leaned in and she thought to herself, Something must, this person must be suffering. This person must be suffering to say something like that to someone he doesn't even know. And when she got curious enough, she found out and she asked, she literally went back and forth. And I'm glad you're going to put the link in for that because she got curious enough to ask him what's going on that you have so much pain. And he told her, he told her, and then she actually helped get him some relief. And she was able to use this, this hatred as, as her own growth too, right? Demonstrating and being a, a leader and showing people like, what, is, what does it really mean to receive the hatred and the rage and then to turn around and deliver it as love as her own growth? So she's using everything in her purview, everything that is here available to her in service of her own growth and inspiring others to, to step up and do the same. So good. It reminds me of that 60 minute special. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like probably a year and a half ago. Oprah was doing a special from a women's prison an all women's prison. And there was reform that was happening there that it was, they're basically setting an example. And instead of what's wrong with you, which is a very classic question for anyone who's been in prison or, you know, who's been in trouble with the law or that would say something like that to a silver, you know, Sarah Silverman, which is classically the first thing we think, right? Ego goes to what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And instead, the question is, is what happened to you? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to you that you are this hardened or this hurt that you would want to say something like that? Because if we're spiritual and if we really believe that we're all one and all these things that so many of us truly want to contribute to in the world, then we have to take it back, peel it all the way back to letting go of assumptions, which is what this question or this declaration offers. All feedback is love. Yes. It ties us to the current times, right? Because there's a lot of divisiveness happening. Do you say divisive or divisive? However okay. you want to say it. <laughs> Thank you. Or a yes, you, Michelle. Potato, potato, tomato. A lot of divide. <laughs> exactly. 
and then just around so many things, right? How much do I say about Black Lives Matter, the, the racial injustices, you know, yet another life loss that just seems to be like this endless, inexhaustible pain and suffering for our friends of color? And, and where am I contributing unconsciously? And if a friend doesn't agree with my hashtags, you know, or they put the wrong hashtag, then we're going to shame people publicly. I've experienced both sides of it. And so this is such a beautiful opportunity for us to look at instead of just shutting down and saying, I'm too sensitive. I'm an empath, which is a lot of my friends. I can't contribute to this at all. It's like, wait a second. Even the feedback, the news, the media, all that we're seeing is an opportunity for us to step into more love. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, one of the challenges in this time is the spiritual bypassing. We also agree all is one. We are all love, all of that. And doesn't mean skipping doing the real work. And the real work is until you actually experience all feedback as being love, the work is for you to receive the feedback, let it land inside of you, let it burn up your ego on the inside, reach out for support from someone who knows more than you about these matters, and then receive that, let that go inside of you also until you genuinely feel that what came at you as aggression or as shaming or as whatever in that form actually is love. And you cannot skip those steps. You don't go from listening to this podcast and hearing us say all feedback is love to just suddenly instantly realizing that all feedback is love. It takes some work. It takes some real dedication to wanting to see your own blind spots, your own limitations and ways of thinking that are built on systemic racism, that are built on systems that we were indoctrinated into as young people from our families, from our culture, from our the collective at large, and that those were indoctrinated into our parents and our parents' parents and our parents' parents. And so it's a whole system that we were just born into, and then we just believe all those systems And so it takes some effort. It takes a lot of effort, actually, to look at all of the privilege we have now and to want to unpack that and want to move closer to see this. And part of that means receiving some ugliness from the outside world of the anger and rage that they've experienced over the lifetimes so that we can have a sense of, oh, yeah, And I'm here to help transmute that by being a model of what the vibration of love is, by not rejecting that and making that wrong and shaming in return, by doing what Sarah Silverman did, essentially, by taking that negativity or fear or anger and transmuting it inside of us and responding, not reacting, but responding with the most possible love we can in that moment. And we're human, so it's not going to be perfect. Yeah, you talked about blind spots, right? And I was trying to figure out what would be a way to describe a blind spot. And it's like a reaction, triggers, right? Anytime that we're reacting from less than a place of love, then we're in our own reaction, which is 100% on us. So that's the gateway. That's the access point to being able to understand where the real work needs to begin to deepen. Yes? Yes. Yeah. And another piece is you want to expand what you view of as love. Like so many, like Marla had mentioned, all those systems that indoctrinated us, they, they taught a very limited view of what love is. And so it's, it's for all of us to go and redefine what love means to all of us individually and going by going inside and really redefining what love is. And then we can do it collectively yes. as a group. Like even just imagining, I'm just kind of riffing off of that, people who were part of the protests and riots, even the rioters, they are in their way expressing their needs and desires as love as they know it. And how we receive those so-called negativities in the world, from, specifically from the rioters, is up to us. If we can get curious enough about like, well, why are these riots happening? It's not like peaceful protests are the only way. Some people actually, when you're suppressed enough, you have to rise up and you, and it comes out in violence until 
It's really heard in the ears that need to hear it. So change actually happens. And it's not like I'm condoning, rioting. I'm trying to understand why someone would go all the way to violence. And it's like so many people in our country have chosen violence to suppress people of color. Why is that okay? But now when the fight back happens, it's not. Exactly. Or when some of the people that I was seeing, you know, make comments about the looters, which was basically three to 5% max of, you know, the protesting and the riots, right? But everyone wanted to focus on the looters. It was like, 42 million Americans, according to one of the stats that I read, lost their jobs since COVID, right? Of those 42 million, it's like 90% of them have jobs that pay on average $40,000 a year. So if push comes to shove and you have an opportunity to get a couple of, you know, pairs of sweatpants from Urban Outfitters, your morals are out the window. It's desperate times. And that feedback for me is love. It's like, how can we make things more equitable for all humans, right? This is an opportunity for us to look at so much healing on every level. You talk about the different realms of intimacy, you know, the financial intimacy, that is a huge piece of this, right? People don't resort to those levels of violence or mayhem or thievery unless it's desperate times. But we're not looking at that from that point of view of like, what happened to you? What's going on with your life circumstances? How might I support you? Instead, it's like, you're a looter and you're bad. Yes. Yes. So this is all about whatever the superficial experience is, meaning the first layer, not to say that there's something superficial about it, but the first layer we see, first layer we interact with, which is maybe watching the news and seeing rioters or looters or something happening. If you leave it at that and you react to that, and you allow yourself to say, well, I knew that that's how this was going to go down. And then you use it to reinforce what you already believe. You're missing the whole point. The whole point is to go deeper and get curious about why is this happening? How am I unintentionally creating this and contributing to this? And what can I do or what can we do together to help this situation in some way. And part of it is about getting more educated. Part of it is about, you know, hiring people who know more than we do about this so that we get more support. That's what we've done in our company, of course. Really, honestly, until certain issues are handled in this world as a collective, like world poverty eradicated, until everyone has access to basic needs and functions as a human, you know, a place to live, food, clothing, sense of creativity, like until there's some basic agreement and people have access, there's always going to be some form of uprising. And there should be, there really should be. Yeah, totally. You know, this conversation around all of this is reminding me of something that just recently happened. I was trying to find my place in this monumental movement that we are looking at like history being transformed, right? It's so cool and beautiful to be a part of this conscious collective conversation for those of us who are willing to see it that way. So as a white woman of absolute privilege that I was never fully present to until this time, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, George Floyd, for shining this light on so many of our hearts, right? But I sent an email out to my community and it was just, I had two weeks to really contemplate. I had, you know, done a lot of activities. I had donated, I had done some research. I had started to do the work. And I sent an email and it was just all around owning my part and recognizing that of my podcast and 80 something guests on this show, three had been African-American ever and male, right? Or in my programs with hundreds and hundreds of paid students over the past two years, probably 5% were African-American. I was like, why is that? My circle of friends, two very close friends and one kind of far-fetched close friend, African-American. Why? And I was like, because it's what I saw. I didn't know any better. I'm not a racist, but I just didn't see any different. So if I looked at my social feed, it was predominantly white people who look like me. All these things that I was able to uncover. Here's my point. 
that radical honesty and self-reflection was so powerful for me because then I can send out an email and just own it. Here's what I saw. Here's what I, where I'm going to pivot. Here's how I'm going to do better. Help me if you can, if any other thing that you might see that I could learn or be inspired from or get it educated by. So many beautiful notes back. I've never received that much feedback back from friends of color. I'm your friend. I love you. Or other friends of like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So vulnerable, so honest. And then one person, there's always that one, that one person wrote me a note, this long, long, long message that you could clearly tell they'd spent like an hour crafting. And it was all around, I'm so confused. How could you write this? All lives matter. This is not the time to be talking about the hashtag Black Lives Matter. There's less than 13% Hispanics and Blacks in the country. And I was like, whoa. And what was so cool, you guys, and this is a sign of my own growth because we have to look for our progress, right? I was so completely calm when I read that email. And all I thought was, is this person is right where I was seven years ago when Black Lives Matter, the phrase was coined. Mm -hmm. And I remember fighting righteously for no, all lives matter. And I had a few friends back there and white friends that were trying to educate me on the importance of Black Lives Matter. And I did not get it. So here I am seven late years later, finally waking up to it and Ego wanted to make me, wanted to be a righteous moment. You understand? Uh-huh. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to send you a little article. Instead, I was like, oh, don't take away from the peace. And instead, the response was, I hear everything you're saying. and I know you care about me deeply. And I stand behind every word I said, I love you. And that was it. And that's when I realized this work is really w- real. That feedback was their love for me. And my feedback to them was my love for them. But the collective response from me is my love for the movement and the mission in general and who I want to show up as a conscious leader. So I use these examples in real time because we can easily divide. And if we're that easy to crack, then is it love really? So this brings me to my next question to you. How would you define love? Because Julian so beautifully mentioned earlier, everyone's got their different ideas and definitions of what love is. I would love to hear each one of your individual definitions of what love is. Love is a frequency. It's a vibration. It's a vibration. It is all that is and all that ever will be and can be. Like when people feel that the negativity that's coming at them is hatred and trying to tear them down. It's not, it's love. It's just a low frequency of love. And it's trying to get them to see something they're not seeing. This is why all feedback is love is because when we experience something as aggression or anger or violence or rage, that there is an expression that's trying to come through to teach something in that moment. And in that moment, We always have access to what we call the matrix of love. And there's this unseen world matrix of love that is everywhere. It is a vibration. There's also a matrix of fear. And so which one you and your own frequency and your vibration is tapped into is what's going to prevail. Now, that's not to say that, for example, with George Floyd and what happened to him, how could someone say that all of that is the vibration of love? Well, in that moment, that was horror. And what has sprung from that is massive love on a global scale. He essentially was sacrificed so that we could wake the fuck up and see the truth of the hatred and vitriol that has been in our collective for way too long. And so in the moment, it doesn't feel like love. It feels like the exact opposite. But we have an opportunity right now to actually transmute that experience into love if we allow it. So powerful. Thank you for that. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You know, the past couple of weeks since George Floyd's death, murder, let's just call it what it is. I have had so much opportunity to self-reflect. And for a while, I was feeling paralyzed by all the emotion and the helplessness and the powerlessness. And I also had a lot of fear of, 
of what to say or say anything at all because I was afraid I would get it wrong. And so I actually just shared that. I finally just said, I'm afraid of what to say because I'm afraid of getting it wrong. But here's what I know for sure, right? And then I just started with, I know I will never understand, yet I stand. All the things that we see in here. I was like, I can't not say something. But how has this time, this moment in history that hopefully will transform humanity uh, made an impact on not only your personal life, but also your business? Mm. I mean, to be honest, actually, our business has uh, increased. You know, we have been quite successful during this time of business because people are waking up and they're realizing that there's deeper work to do and that they have some blind spots and ignorance around how they're manifesting their lives, how they're co-creating their lives with the universe. And they really, you know, people are really more dedicated to doing the deeper growth work. And so one of the things that we love to do is help people get started on that path by being on podcasts and things like that. Not everybody's, everybody's meant to hire us, of course, but to get started on the path, it means you have more dedication to growth than comfort. So we say hashtag growth over comfort because you care more about growing than you do about being comfortable. Because no growth happens in the comfort zone. It's That's right. My definition, right? Yeah, you're speaking my love language. I've said this probably 1,000 times on this podcast, which is discomfort is the currency of growth. Correct. Yes. And the more that you can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, the more freedom that you will have. A hundred percent. And that relates, of course, in relationship as well, because we, we do work with couples also. And that's one of the deepest, most intimate things you can do is receive completely from your partner, especially when it's ugly or unpleasant. Meaning when Julian tells me things about me that are ugly and unpleasant and true. And when I can receive all of that as love, Meaning, because we have a pre-made agreement that we tell each other the truth about each other and ourselves, that when he tells me something that's unpleasant to receive, my first response is, thank you. Thank you for having the courage to tell me the truth about me. Where else am I going to receive this from? Who else is going to tell me the truth about me in the unpleasant realm, right? So I actually can grow. It's him. He's going to tell me that I never have to worry about that. He's always going to tell me. And I tell him too. With as much love as possible. Yes. But yeah. see, that's a conscious relationship right there. And that's why you guys are the intimacy experts. And what I love about that example and that courage that you just express that you guys exercise on a daily and then foster within your clientele is most people are so afraid to be honest, right? And so they're walking on eggshells and then they have this sort of faux relationship that looks really good on social media, but they're not really connecting at the honest level. So if somebody's, for those who are listening and in relationships with their spouse, I don't know if you guys know this, but during the peak of COVID, that one of the top five Google searches was, can you get a divorce on Zoom? You're seeing more divorces come out right now amongst celebrities because that's just the first that we hear about it than ever in history, like per like capita, if you will, for a lack of better term, because they're like, oh gosh, I just spent three months with you and I do not like you, but I did, I was not fully present to that because I never had to see you. We are two ships passing in the night. So for those who are still together and trying to navigate these sort of tricky waters, which what's happening in the world in current events, it's just a macrocosm of what's happening in our own homes and in our own hearts, right? So how would you recommend, what are like three basic steps of how to create more courage so that you can cultivate more intimacy within your relationships for those listening? Okay. We love this because actually <laughs> that's are everything. Okay. First of all, you want to start by having a pre-made agreement with your partner. And if you don't currently have a partner, do this with a friend because you can use this time to grow in friendship as well. But for sure, if you live with your loved one and you uh, want to actually learn how to grow through this, number one, have a pre-made agreement. Hey, okay. What would that agreement entail? What, what are some sample questions or declarations, for example? So one is... Would you like to use this time where we're at home more to grow together? Mm. Do you want to grow with me? Do you want to get to know yourself and me more and practice doing that in a loving way? Would you like to do that? I feel nervous even asking 
And would you be willing to go into this unknown area with me? Because we're here anyway. People talk about growing together over a lifetime and then they just go into their default mode and they do the same thing and you get up and you, you know, oh, hi, love you. And then, you know, you do your day. Oh, and then love you at the end of the day. Where are you growing? Where are you intentionally poking around and looking for your next growth edge? So the question is, do you want to grow together? So you both sign that and declare that you do. And it's like almost like against or at all costs, right? Because the cost is the benefit, which is more intimacy, more connection, more love. Right. One of the things we teach is that it's never that your partner is the issue. It's always you and your partner against the issue. Even, I love that. Yes. Even if one of the partners actually Jesus. is the issue, but we, <laughs> you know, we, we omit that. Right. It's no, like, it's you guys against the problem instead of you guys divided against one another and side with the problem, whomever feels more righteous in the moment. Exactly. Because even if let's just say I'm the problem. <laughs> it, it's, Wait, well, I can't I imagine. Mean, I got yeah, to no. really put my imagination hat on. Once in a million times. No, let's say I'm the problem. It's only one aspect of me. It's only one facet of my multifaceted beingness. And so therefore, that one facet is the part that we address and look at together where all the other aspects of me are aligned with Julian and we're looking at together at that one aspect. And it's not about squirming away from it or making him wrong, you know, or trying to be righteous. It's about, wow, how can I be more vulnerable at home which means you're practicing being in integrity. This is one of the biggest issues that couples experience is that whatever they're putting out into the world is not what's happening behind the scenes. And you just mentioned that. And so the idea is to close that gap of integrity. The gap of integrity starts to grow when you put out more to the world that's very different from what you're actually doing at home. And we say you want to intentionally close that gap. So the pre-made agreement, and then it's the two of us versus the problem. And then the next piece to understand is when you get activated, and this is not an if, this isn't a when, you get activated by your partner, to understand that it's not your fault, it's your biology. Mm. Meaning you will view your partner as a threat on a biological level when you get into a conflict together. It's just what happens. The chemicals start to flow in your brain. It tells you lies. There is zero need for compassion at that moment. There's zero need on a biological level for empathy, for curiosity. All of the things you need to have a healthy relationship, all those go flying out the window when you're activated and your chemicals are flowing. So asking for a pause, to have a pause long enough to gather yourself. And you can even just say, Hey, babe, I'm having a reaction, which means you're taking responsibility for it. You're not throwing it on him or like, hey, why'd you say that? Just, hey, I'm having a reaction. Can you just give me a second? And then I really want to come together and see how we can navigate through this. Beautiful. Okay, so that's self-awareness. I think most of my listeners are pretty self-aware or certainly on that on that road. But if you're just beginning to become self-aware, because that requires a high level, right? I'm reacting. I'm about to say something that could hurt our relationship and really damage it potentially long-term because I'm in this reaction. So I'm self-aware enough to know to take a pause and to actually say that out loud. And I've got a partner that's already agreed because of our relationship agreement that when this request for a pause comes up, it will be honored because it's for the good of the relationship, right? But if you're not even conscious enough to the fact that you are in reaction, how would you recommend that someone start there? Well, let's say you you don't realize that reaction and you show up in a way that you really don't enjoy or you really don't like. And you say, wow, like you eventually come to your your senses and you realize with the awareness, you're like, oh, my God, I really didn't show up the way that I wanted to show up in that moment. And so that's the next technique that we have, which is what we call the redo. And so the way this works is you literally go to your partner and vulnerably request, like, hey, I really didn't enjoy how I showed up in this engagement. Like, are you willing to do a redo with me? And what that means is that I'm going to show up as my best self and we're going to reenact that exact same situation. And if you could show up as your best self and then together we can move through this, 
what that does is it, it leaves the taste in your mouth being delicious and fruitful and flavorful instead of sour and disgusting and gross from the negative interaction that originally happened because you didn't show up the way that you really wanted to. So you're able to actually redo the situation and then the biochemical, the uh, neuro circuits that are firing in your head are getting repatterned to remember the positive interaction that you guys are intentionally putting together to work towards this new way of being with this redo, as opposed to the original default patterning, which was, oops, I didn't show up the way that I would have liked to have in that moment. Right. And then stuck under the carpet instead, which... Which we all know what happens to anything under the carpet. It's like it could have been 10 years ago, but there's been so many things swept under the carpet that now the coffee gets served to you kind of lukewarm and it's everything under the carpet that comes out. (laughs) You always do this and you always do that. I love that. The redo thing is so cool, you guys, because that is a way to like develop that sort of, you know, that school of thought of that repetition is the mother of all skill. It's like any of these modalities, like to create true connection, to understand that feedback is love, to be aware of our reactions and our triggers and even our blind spots just takes just awareness and willingness to embrace it. And then, like you said, Julian, the vulnerability and the courage to, Hey, could we do a redo on that? You know, I mean, it's just really cool. And this, this starting with the relationship agreement, I think is so powerful because we just assume, oftentimes I think we assume that our friend or our business partner or our significant other will understand. So we expect them to behave accordingly. And it's like, wait a second, that's never been fully discussed and thoroughly, you know, broken down so that we can understand one another and then have an agreement about how we will come together. I think you're, you're also touching on something that's really important just in our climate right now, which is that we make a lot of assumptions about what people are thinking and feeling and needing, and we're making those assumptions from our location, from our inner location, from our experience, from our filters, and we're not, we're not actually engaging and asking questions like, what is your experience? Why are you feeling this way? A big part of that, I think, is people don't like being in the unknown. So they just assume it's like being unknown is like, oh, it's really uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I'm just going to assume this. And now that I know that, then I can continue to move forward with that assumption, whether it's correct or incorrect. We make assumptions all the time in a relationship. And oftentimes it's incorrect. One of the things we like to invite our clients to do is if you don't know, ask. And if you do know, also ask, ask because... <laughs> We're multifaceted beings, like Marla said, and we're constantly changing. So what worked last week may not work this week. So it's really helpful to just check in again and say, hey, I know that this was your preference last week. Is that still the same? It is? Okay, awesome. Great. Let's continue with that. But just to check in, even if you know. So good. Even if you know, check in because... You know, listen, if you're committed to growth, which is part of your relationship contract, and that would be for me too, it would be like a hard no like or a must have or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, you know, gosh, I don't even feel like the same from yesterday, right? Much less last week. And if you're ever evolving because you're so committed to your growth, then it would require a partner to check in like, hey, I know you used to love that. Do you still? That is so right. good. I mean, that works in all the realms that works in intimacy, in physical intimacy. Like if you just think that you've got your partner handled in the pleasure realm, because you're like, oh, this worked or this worked or that worked, you know, and you don't try new things. You're missing out on the exploration of physical intimacy, sexual and non-sexual, both. If you're only reaching for sexual intimacy, you're missing on all the non-sexual intimacy that helps develop and build over time when you don't have such a strong libido, right? You go through phases and waves and, you know, things happen in life and you don't have a strong libido. You can still practice non-sexual physical intimacy. So, you know, it's about being curious and keeping that light of desire inside of you for growth and knowing more about yourself and being curious about you and being curious about your partner as they're also growing along the path. I mean, like I can just say, I never know who I'm going to get with Julian because he, he keeps me on my toes. I'm always curious. It's always inspiring. I try to keep it predictably unpredictable. Yes. It's fresh, man. <laughs> and I have no doubt that you are the same for him. <laughs> uh, indeed. indeed. So. <laughs> you know, okay. Before we wrap up, there's just two more things. 
Julian, for those that are listening that are male or that are women that are queens and that are strongly spirited and have very fierce, you know, independent, you know, uh, thoughts and make their own money and all the things, right, that could be classically intimidating to the average Joe or some women subscribe to the thought of like, I'm too much for the kind of guy that I would really like. What do you have to say about that? I say that those women should make waves. Those women should be their most brightest, unapologetic selves that they possibly can. And if they're with a man that can't handle it, then they need to be with somebody different, somebody who can handle their full expression. So I encourage those women to just boldly be their brightest selves. Don't, uh, don't ever dim your bulb for anybody or try to twist yourself into a pretzel because it's not who you are. You need to be true to who you are and shine your brightest. I love this. Oh, I love it so much because when I met Marla and then we got to spend some quality time, I mean, we've met only three times in person, but they've been like soul deep quality, you know, conversations where I was like, I feel like I've known you my whole life and it was just effortless. And so we were super honest and real and, and we had breakthroughs with one another and it's been so cool. But my, one of my first thoughts was like, it's like a very, very brave, badass man to be with this woman. I totally hate me. Right. I was like, cause I could see myself in her and she probably felt the same. And I was like, I am meeting a sister on the path here. Okay. I haven't been able to find the right man yet, but probably my standards were too low to be very honest. And so now now I'm searching, you know, or not searching for anything, but now as a lighthouse, I'm very clear about who I am and there will be the right person that comes along. However, getting to now, you know, see you and hold her in your arms as we're having this conversation and you're owning your power shoulders back. You're a fucking king. You know, I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He won't let me dim my light. I try every once in a while, you know, for fear-based reasons and he just won't let me. You do not have my permission to dim your bulb in any way, shape or form, period, the end. Like I have some unconscious material around like not wanting to be too annoying or bold or bright or something. And one day he literally just said that to me, you don't have my permission to use me to dim your light. And it, I was like, oh, damn, that is a statement from a powerful man who believes in me and who wants me to shine bright and, you know, is willing to go to the depths together. So good. So good. Powerful stuff. I could talk to you guys all day. Let's have you back on again and again and again. This should be like a, a quarterly thing, I think. Um, so, down much, that. so much value here. You know, we're, we haven't even begun to unpack the intimacy realms and all the ways in which you teach. So where can my listeners find out more about you? Where's a great place to start? Yeah, you know, we would love to have you guys follow us on Instagram at The Intimacy Experts, or you can go to theintimacyexperts.org.org. Okay. And I will put both links in the show resources. My final question for all my guests, and I'd love to hear both of your answers, is, you know, Fire and Soul, the reason why I came up with this title is it's inspired action from an awakened soul. So nothing's manufactured. It's just, it's just all in alignment for divine flow. How would you describe or would you experience an awakened soul? What does it mean to you? I'll start with you, um, Marla. To experience an awakened soul. I, you know, that's an amazing question. For me, it feels like home. It feels like I am fully received by this person, that they see me, they love me, they acknowledge my soul, they acknowledge my place in the world. There's no judgment. There's no um, negativity. It's all openness and curiosity. And also a very laser sharp ability to see where any little blind spot I might have is still hiding and residing and very lovingly will guide me there. Beautiful. Julian. I feel like it's words are very challenging to describe it. It's more of a witnessing of the spark within of the, the person that I'm in, in collaboration with in the moment. And so it's, it feels like it's a frequency. It feels like a vibration of knowingness that there is a, uh, what is inside of you is inside of me. You and I are the same and we are one. And that divine being can, can be felt physically, can be felt emotionally, can be felt viscerally in my soul. Namaste, baby. 
Wow. That's exactly it. That's beautiful. And that brings us full circle to all feedback is love, right? And awakened soul is love. By the way, Marla, your um, definition is also mine. It just feels like home. You know, it's, it's our innate, pristine state. It's just who we are. It's our natural state. It really Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So good. I can't thank you enough for your time and for your beauty and your love and your connection and for taking this podcast to a a higher frequency in these 45 minutes together. I am really honored by your time and your presence. Thank you, both of you. You inspire me deeply. Not only have you built an empire in the coaching business and you're so respected and loved, and I know that, but who you are as a couple and who you are independently is is really beautiful. So just want to acknowledge you and salute you for all you do and and all you do to serve so many. Thank Thank you you so so much, much, Michelle. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Fire and Soul podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at fireandsoulpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.